So yesterday we began uh, talking about talk to my lawyer. Amen. <laughs> when symptoms arise, when difficulties come up, we don't have to, as believers, have an answer for everything. We can uh, defer that job to the people who are qualified, and that is God, uh, the Holy Spirit, and the blood is also a witness of uh, of Calvary and what God has done and can testify uh, much better than we can about the goodness of God and what God uh, has, what the truth of, of our lives is. Uh, at one time we were serving the enemy. At one time we were serving Satan, but we, we did it ignorantly in unbelief, as Paul would say. You didn't know you were doing anything wrong until the light of the gospel came in. Once we get enlightened, then we follow the light. Amen. And so being enlightened, we begin to understand that God has a plan for us. Uh, and that is that we are new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away. Everything about us is new, 100% new. And so uh, that means we have no past. Nothing that we need to be held accountable for. Uh, that all, everything's forgiven. Old things are passed away. That means they're dead. That means they don't exist. There's no life in them anymore. Because our, we have been acquitted of everything. We have been forgiven. Uh, when you're forgiven, that means it, it, it's not just about somebody t- accepting your apology. Forgiveness from God means that there were penalties that were due you, amen, that are canceled now. And, and see, that's different than, say, I would say a man-to-man forgiveness. When we do person-to-person forgiveness, it's really to be in right standing with God. See, because he still is the one that holds all the, all the power. And so you want to please the one who holds the power because as as individuals, we don't have any power to pay each other back for stuff. I mean, you'd be doing that forever. You know, don't don't get on that train because, you know, you don't and nobody owes us anything. You know, we're not holy. The law that's been broken was broken uh, because a holy God set that law up. So he's the only one really that we've offended when we sin or when we, we wound or hurt one another. You know, many times people are wounded and hurt by things that you wouldn't even think they'd be hurt by. And you think, well, how did that happen? You know what I'm saying? So it varies from person to person. It's not even anything to get upset about. Like what upsets me may not, may not upset Miss Jan and vice versa. You understand what I'm saying? But in order to have, have, uh, uh, you know, a good relationship, we apologize and we ask pardon and we ask people, let people know that we are sorry if we offended them. But most offenses really are made up in people's minds. You know, it's stuff that they just don't like about people or they'll, you'll say something and they hear it wrong. You know, it's a misunderstanding. That's a big thing with people. And, and we take those things so seriously as though somebody's broken a major law somewhere. And it's not that at all. It's just, see, iniquity causes us to misunderstand one another. We're all born in sin shape. That's the penalty of sin on all of us. 
It will cause you to hear something wrong. It will cause you to be in a bad mood and somebody says something to you and you you get hurt by it or you think about it too long. You go somewhere and nurse it and then pretty soon you're upset about it, you know, and, and all of that. And so that's perverse. And And see, that happens because we all have a sin nature basic sin and and it that can be tapped in sin still lives in our members you know even though we're new creatures in christ we can still get sensitive offended we've got memories we need to lose you know you need to go to and get in the word and, and just say god just wash my brain of whatever needs to be washed today let me just have a good cleansing amen and and that's part of what god is doing grooming us he wants a bride without spot or wrinkle Amen. And so that renewing of the mind and, and us realizing, oh, I'm not that person anymore. I can't live like I can't live with that in mind all the time anymore. That person died. Amen. Old things are passed away and everything's new. And so when we when we go to God and, and uh, ask pardon, it's because he has the power to levy judgment and levy penalty against us. So when you get pardoned by God, all the penalty and all the judgment is canceled. Amen. With a human being, you know, you you go to them, but God, you offer that up as an offering to the Lord. See, God sees you asking forgiveness of your brother or sister or, or anyone, and he sees that you want to be right with him. And, and, and that's really what you want. You want to be right with God in that. Amen. Cause sometimes people will receive your, 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 um, you know, your apology and sometimes they won't, you know, or they'll say they receive it and then still treat you funny. You know what I'm saying? So, so what we really want is to obey God's law. And make sure we're in right standing with God at all times. And when we are, then we can expect righteousness to begin to flow into our lives, to speak for us, to lead us, to guide us. All of that, the road of righteousness opens up to us when we keep good, uh, stay in good standing with God. And so the, the, the blood of Jesus is our advocate as, at, along with Jesus, our high priest. So we really have two witnesses there that are witnesses to the atonement. It is the the Son of God who gave his life for us and his precious blood that was shed for us and has a voice. Amen. The voice, blood testifies, blood has a voice. Uh, in Genesis chapter, I think it's four, where God, uh, God, Cain and Abel, Cain slew Abel. Let me just read that because we'll, and I refer to it, we've referred to it so much, you know, but you can't ever just take it for granted that, uh, that this is, um, thank you, Lord. Okay. So, uh, in Genesis chapter four, uh, <laughs> Verse 9, the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, am I responsible for him? Bad attitude. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Amen. So 
blood has a voice. The life of all flesh is in the blood, not in the flesh, in the blood. And so that life has the ability to do everything that life does. It speaks. It has memory. Uh, it, it can testify because this is what happened here. The voice, his brother's blood began to cry out from the ground and it begins to testify that it, it was murdered. Amen. That uh, the murder had taken place. See, the blood records truth. Blood is, is under oath to speak truth. Amen. Uh, you gotta understand that. When, when God, God made an oath and a promise, the oath part of that is blood. Amen. Uh, blood had to be shed for that oath to be valid. When, when God says, I swear that I will bless you, take care of you, all of that stuff, when he says swear, that is an oath, and he swears his own life in exchange if he breaks his word. Amen. And so blood always is a witness to any oath. Amen. Because it, it for an for an oath to be valid, there has to be a forfeiture of blood somewhere in that. A life has to be given uh, for that uh, so that 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 person, that's the final guarantee. Amen. It, once you swear that way, you can't swear by anything higher. So once you swear by the life of whoever is the one that is 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 providing uh, uh participating in that oath once that life is sworn against that then that's the highest level of a responsibility for carrying out what they promise you that a person can have amen now with jesus now now when when we say god could swear by no higher so he swore by himself what that in blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply you. So any promise that God has made us is his life is sworn against it. I don't care how small a promise it is. It's so amazing to me that your groceries, God is swearing, I, if I don't provide for you, I'll take my own life. Amen. But with with the covenant that we have, the New Testament in the blood of Jesus, his life has already been given. So it's not a it's not like it's an oath out there that, yeah, well, you know, God will never have to do that because he's going to take care of me. He did it already and he's taking care of you, too. You understand what I'm saying? So the forfeiture of a life has already happened in exchange for your salvation, your healing, your prosperity, your job, your children's safety, your your uh their education, everything that we desire from God, his life has already been forfeited, which means that there's nothing else to look for for God to do. Amen. See, before his life was given, we could all say, well, you know, God says, God has sworn, he's made an oath that if before he would not take care of me and, and heal me, he'd take his own life. But that's not happened yet. It has happened. 
Amen. With the, the blood of Jesus, with him giving his life. So there's no more question about it. Amen. It's already been sealed in his blood. It's been signed for. It's been delivered to you whole. And so there's nothing left for God to do uh, to to give us a, a firm a firm foundation and a firm basis for believing. Amen. If you can't believe based on that, there's something's not right somewhere. You're not even understanding what God is wanting to do in helping us. And so he has already given his life. Instead of just a blood token, the life has been spilled out now, which means that that blood now has the ability to come in and speak to anybody of what was done and give us assurance that it, it's been done. Amen. And so the blood also is the final testimony of, of anybody, of any life. Their blood is the final testimony. For instance, if, if, uh, somebody is missing or something like that and, and, um, there's blood found in something they belong, belong to them. And, and then that blood has to testify now of what happened to that person. So that blood is a witness to what happened. And, and so, uh, uh, in, in police investigative work, they will, they have, uh, things now, uh, where if they suspect somebody was killed in a certain area, they can go in with certain dyes and and um, apply them in a solution to the area they feel was was um, where the 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 murder happened, and they can there's a certain kind of light they shed on it, and they can see every drop of blood that was shed in that place. Uh, it's amazing how blood testifies. Do you understand what I'm saying? It will say, yes, that person was murdered here. If they can scrape a sample of it, they can get even a small, uh, uh, on the end of a Q-tip. They can, that's, that's a testimony right there. See, that's, that, that blood testifies just by being, staying there. Many times they'll, they'll, people will try to clean a place up afterwards and uh, they'll pull back the carpeting and, and they don't see anything. But then somebody will say, well, give me a Q-tip. I'm going to go in these little crevices around the molding or something. And sure enough, that blood testifies. Amen. That blood speaks and says, yes, this is so-and-so. And yes, they they were murdered here. You know, this isn't just a small amount of blood that, you know, just accidentally maybe they cut themselves or something while they were living here. But once they shed light on that and they see how much blood was spilled, they'll say that's enough blood to have that person died from this. And this is where they died and this is how. Now all they got to do is connect somebody else with that and make sure that they and that blood continues to testify. The blood always speaks truth. It always speaks exactly what happened. It always tells the story. When you testify, you have a story to tell. Amen. Now, when we plead the blood of Jesus in our situations, instead of, uh, well, I deserve to be healed because I do everything right and I didn't do anything wrong and I repented. Instead of that, we plead the blood. 
See, our plea, the plea we enter is not a plea of I didn't do anything and I deserve to be healed or whatever. It's and and sometimes people get these erroneous ways of thinking. You know, I've had people uh tell me things like uh you know, saints Oh, I couldn't believe when the doctor said uh, they they tested me for cancer and it was positive. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, am I saved? And I'm thinking to myself, well, saved people <laughs> can get symptoms too. You know, that is, salvation is not a blanket immunity. Now, salvation is that that disease got to leave. It can't stay here. Is is no right to be in your body. But you have to go through the process of addressing that and in, in, um, um uh, executing your faith, you know, against that. But when you plead the blood, the blood actually testifies that Jesus paid for this person's health. This thing is illegal in this person's body. This is a false witness in your body. A false witness is an abomination before God. And this thing cannot stand in this throne room where we are deciding that you are healed. Amen. And and take your healing and believe that and leave the other stuff alone. See what many people do is they try to believe halfway in healing and halfway in symptoms and halfway in you know diagnoses and halfway here and halfway there. You have to make up your mind what you believe. Amen. James refers to that as wavering. And he says, a man who wavers is like a, a ship being tossed to and fro. You get seasick on there. You, you're scared. You, you know, you won't get where you're going. You know, my final destination is I am healed. Amen. If you waver, you're not sure if you're healed one day or the next. Amen. So, so he said, and don't let that person think they're going to get anything from God. Amen. So we have to understand that wavering. Even though we may do that sometimes, that's not our final destination either. You can get beyond the wavering and you can get firm in your faith. Amen. You can be fully persuaded instead of persuaded sometimes and not persuaded other times and going back and forth. And so God wants us to take advantage of of, of this testimony that the blood has on our behalf that testifies that that we are are healed that testifies that Jesus paid for for everything that we need amen and so Jesus uh applied his blood to the mercy seat amen and and he secured eternal redemption for us amen with his own blood and it was a payment and a ransom for our sin and our sickness. When Jesus was on the cross, God made him sin and made him sick. Both of those. He was wounded for our trend and bruised for our iniquities. And with his stripes, the beating that he took, we are healed. And we must, we must rely on that and that alone. Amen. I know sometimes we'll, we'll get nervous. You know, taking too long, that's always the thing, you know, is your brain gets idle sometimes. Usually if you're busy and you, you're praying and you're worshiping God and, and reading your word, you don't even think like that. You ever notice that? Right after you read your word, I, I 
dare you to think it's taking too long. Amen. Because you're in agreement. You're in the spirit with God. You know, and you know that you know that you know that everything is right. And, and God is just allowing you to live and, and you, you're getting better every day. You know, whatever things you minister to yourself to keep you encouraged instead of letting yourself get in that discouragement zone where you just start going downhill and, oh, I don't know what's, okay, well, you know, whatever we do. And so you want to, to stay in that place of encouragement and believing and faith and, and full confidence in God, being fully persuaded. That's, that's the goal, I think, for us is to have that security in us that we believe and that's all that's necessary. Only believe. Amen. And, and no doubting. We're not feeding our doubts. You know, you might have a, a thought that go across your mind here and there that says it might not happen or, or it might be this or it might be that. But, but then you plead the blood. Lord, I plead the blood over my mind. Uh, the blood says that, that I am, am healed, that, that this is real and this is all that's necessary is for me to believe that Jesus paid it all. That in that blood is sufficient payment for everything that I need. Amen. And, and that's the way to live. That's the way to, to get your victory over these things and continually have that unwavering faith, uh, that, that says that, that you are steadfast and you're immovable. I don't care what comes against me today. I am still healed. Devil, it's too late. I'm healed already. Don't come here with any bad news. It's too late for bad news. I've got my good news already. And that is I'm already healed. So, so once we keep ourselves in that frame of mind where we know and, and we believe, amen, then, then all things are possible. You can be healed at any time. That, that healing, instead of thinking it's taking too long, tell yourself this could happen any minute now. This could, today could be my day. In fact, today is my day. I am healed now. Amen. And so we can, we can begin to minister life to ourselves that way. It's a wonderful thing to, to minister life. Amen. And so, um, uh, the symptoms that the enemy puts on us, he wants us to continue to meditate on them to give them life. See, they're dead symptoms. Until we give them life. And how do you give them life? By thinking about them all the time. And then by verbalizing. Amen. Things you think about with without acting on them. And without uh, uh, verbalizing them. Will usually die out pretty easily. You know they'll they'll die. Because of you haven't put any life into them. So we are the ones that add the life to our thinking. We're the ones that add life to any any thought that comes to us anything uh you know uh um, you you it's until you act on it it's dead amen james says that he says faith without works is dead being alone so if if faith is is if action is a demonstration of your faith then that thing will die if you don't act on it amen you ever been mad at somebody and said, boy, I could really do but you don't do it. Amen. So they can't take you to jail for thinking you wanted to do it. 
but they can if you act on it. And so all of these thoughts that we have, you know, and, and see, don't let the enemy condemn you for what you think. You know, sometimes you can just have a day where you feel yourself, man, I've been at this so long, God, what's going on here? And is this ever going to happen? You know, your mind will think like that or, you know, don't verbalize it. But, you know, those things will go through your mind. And and then the enemy comes on along and says, now, see, you must believe, you must not believe God because you've been thinking like that all day. Amen. Well, you didn't verbalize it and you didn't act on it. Amen. You just got weak and got carnal matters in self-pity. That's what we do. Start feeling sorry for yourself. And so, oh, Lord, when is it going? Have I ever going to get my? Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so it's just good to, to understand that thoughts will enter your mind. They'll come. They'll want to lodge, but, but don't let them stay. Don't give life to them in any way. And in your confession... And your action is what give life to your thoughts, to your thought life. Amen. So um, the blood actually, we said, it stands as a witness to testify what happened at Calvary. Amen. That blood is a better witness sometimes than our, our reading the word because sometimes you don't understand it as well as you'd like to. But the blood can always speak to us and give us understanding because the blood has a voice. Amen. And the Holy Spirit has a voice. But but these are two different things um in uh James where is it? No, first John I think it's first John one five. It talks about three that give witness on the earth. The spirit is one, the water is one, the blood is the other one. So the spirit and the blood have two different voices. Have different and distinct voices, amen. And so the the blood speaks of its own accord and testifies what it witnesses to, what it's a witness to. And so that in that blood, the Bible says that that the oath uh, gives us strong consolation. So without the voice of the blood, we don't feel as as confident. In what we have as we would without it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, it, 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 the oath solidifies everything and nails it down to where there's no more doubt and no more argument. So then the blood becomes your friend to help your faith and help you get full assurance of faith. Amen. Without his, his testimony as to what Calvary actually, what actually happened there, uh, there's no, there's no confidence that, that you can, can go through and that you'll make it through. You know, when you start believing, you know, everybody's wavering. We think, oh man, I gotta believe God for a miracle. You know, because I've been diagnosed with something that's incurable and it takes a miracle. And, and, the thought of that can be overwhelming, you know. I mean, there's a point where you can say, well, you know, to God, a miracle is just the same as healing a toenail. But in your mind, you know, this thing is built up pretty big, you know. And so we we have to understand, though, that God has provided a means for us to be able to confront that wall of 
unbelief, like incredible, won't happen. Oh boy, this is unbelievable. Nobody's ever, you know, that's the other thing. Do you know, do you know anybody that's ever gotten healed from this? This is what people want to know many times. And, uh, be, why? They want to believe, but they're having a hard time doing it. But, but we can get that kind of confidence, uh, because of the blood. See, the blood is what reassures us. The testimony of the blood. You go into any courtroom, and they start showing their forensic and DNA evidence and they look and they see this person that's on trial, their blood is mingled in with this dead person. Come on now, at the scene of the crime, that, that, you know, case closed, you know, just, you know, and usually they'll just say, well, you need to take a plea because you can't defend yourself against the blood. Amen. So symptoms. Illness cannot defend itself against the blood. That blood is such a strong witness that when it testifies, it shuts everything down. It shuts down all arguments. Amen. Um, in Hebrews, I'm going to see if I can find that. Thank you, Jesus. About an oath of confirmation. I know we've gone over it before, but and every time I look at it, I get something new. You know, you always do. So, praise God. Okay, I think it's here in 6. Hebrews 6. We'll start in verse 13. It says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater... He swore by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So because of God's swearing, he got it. It wasn't his totally his believing. He believed in the oath that was sworn. So that kind of upped his faith. It bumped his faith up a higher level, knowing that God had made that oath. And so when did God make that oath? When when Abraham uh, confronted God about this son he promised him. So until that time, it was only a promise. Amen. A promise without the oath is eh, you you either do or you don't. It's not as strong. And so when he asked God, he said, how will I know you're going to give me the son? It's just what, I mean, this is what we do. How am I going to know? Amen. But see, for us, the blood has been shed already. So that blood has a voice within our souls, always ministering. You ever want to, want to quit believing God for something and you just get mad and walk away and you come back and something reminds you of? That's the blood speaking to you. Amen. It testifies that God is not playing with you. He's really going to do this and keeps reiterating and keep speaking and keep speaking until it's heard. Amen. I was speaking with something. It was Pam, uh, uh, Pam uh, Henderson, Ossifer Henderson. <laughs> Shout out to Pam Henderson. If you're watching Ossifer Henderson, but uh, I was preaching on this one time in a healing school and I looked at her I said well Pam how long do they hold evidence she said until the case is solved so that blood will be around to talk to people 
You understand what I'm saying? It will until it its testimony is no longer needed. Amen. And we always need the testimony of the blood of Jesus. But when Abraham was was when when God was talking to Abraham and he asked him, how am I going to know this? Abraham, God took out, had Abraham go get those animals and split them down the middle and blood was shed for the first time. God walked through that blood himself. He put Abraham to sleep and he walked through that blood himself. Amen. So Abraham didn't need to see anything. Why? Anybody got an answer? Why didn't he need to see anything? Well, yeah, he didn't need him to walk through, but why did he put him to sleep? Why he didn't need to see it? Because the blood has the voice. It's a voice stronger than our memory. See, the blood is your reminder. You don't need to see nothing. Just like we didn't see Calvary. But the blood still testifies and gives us a strong voice. And because the blood always testifies truth, it remembers everything. (laughs) You got me? Never forgets a detail. Doesn't get anything confused with something else. Amen. Oh, I thought that was that animal that time. That was something else that time. You understand what it, it tells? The blood tells the truth all the time and will give you strong consolation. So it says here, uh, he says, surely, those words, surely and verily, those are testimony words. That that means I am not lying. I'm telling you the truth. I will bless you and multiplying. I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For verily, men swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is the end of all strife. So if you are debating back and forth in your mind whether or not you're healed, the blood will settle that for you because you have strife in your head as to what you believe. And so the blood will testify because an oath of confirmation ends the strife in your head. So you will eventually be able to quit doubting in your head what God's going to do for you, what he's doing for you, and settle it. So the blood settles the argument. It brings a final confirmation, brings finality to it, where it's, it's impossible for God to lie and it's impossible for you not to believe. All the, all the elements and all the properties are there for your full assurance of faith. And he says here, we're in God more, more willing, more willing, more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. God wants to convince us. When you fall into doubt or unbelief, don't hide from God, but you need to run to him because he wants, he's willing to show you this, that he's not lying, that he means to do what he says he's going to do because he gave it to you from the foundation of the earth. So the only person who can cancel it is you and he won't even let you do that. He'll keep working with you and keep working with you until he finally gets you over into fully persuaded box where you stay. Don't keep coming out, ask, <laughs> get fully persuaded and stay there and begin to rejoice when you get there. Amen. That's, that's the, the key 
to faith is when people know that they know that they know, you know, we say that, uh, that little phrase, we use it. Fully persuaded is another one. You know, believe and not doubt is another one. There's a rejoicing that comes on the inside of them. See? Total rejoicing. Where you, you know, you've received it already, spiritually speaking. You've received it already. And, and, and don't play that cheap. You know, that's not just you want to be happy because you're tired of being sad about it. But that note of rejoicing, that note of victory that comes is your confirmation, really. Your consolation that God has heard you and, and he's, he's, he's got it for you. Amen. There's such thing as pleasing God with our faith. Amen. When, when you have faith in him, that pleases him. It's not your faith anymore. You've put it over into him where really you're living out of God's faith now. This is not just human faith anymore. This is the faith of the son of God and and God wants us to live. That pleases God. When you trust him, you believe him. That pleases him. And the longer you do it, the more he's pleased with you. It's a, it's a good thing. I used to get mad at Norval Hayes. I would play that tape sometime. He said, the longer you believe God, the better it is for you. And I thought, what? What? I want my stuff now. <laughs> I have it now. Excuse me. Correct myself. You know, I mean, you, 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 we're in here doing this the best we can. If you put an effort, God's not going to step on you and, and make you quit throw you out because you didn't get it right finally you know what i'm saying he he has mercy and so it says two immutable things unchangeable these are unchangeable things so god locks himself in by two things that cannot be changed not just one but two amen in the mouth of or three witnesses is there. So he has to live by his own rules too. Amen. So two immutable things in which it is impossible. God made it impossible for him to lie about blessing you. He made it impossible for himself to lie about taking you to heaven when you leave this earth. He made it impossible for him to lie about saving your whole household, your children, your grandchildren, and everybody else. They little friends too. Amen. That we might have what? Strong consolation. This is where you believe and not doubt. Amen. That word consolation really means counsel. It really means something strong to lean on. Amen. That supports you. That won't let you down. Amen. So it's up to God to do all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I used to think, oh, I got to have faith. And I, and I thought to myself, I said, God, I can't do anything of this like, like this without you. And then the more you read, the more you see it's God's responsibility to hold you up. It's his responsibility to help you not give up. It's his responsibility to remind you of the oath and the promise. Amen. And so, and he says, we have strong consolation who have fled for re- refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So whatever you're hoping for that's set before you, God says, my blood testifies 
And I have sworn by my own life, in fact, I forfeited the life of my son already just to make it more real for you. Amen. Calvary made it more real for us. Amen. It says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enter, uh, and which entereth into that within the veil where the forerunner is entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So this is a priesthood without beginning, without end. It's not an earthly priesthood. I always say the Melchizedek, um, 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 designation means God can do what he wants to do. Have mercy on whom, have mercy, pardon who he'll pardon, you know, bless who he'll bless. And, you know, he'll just do what he wants to do. Amen. And so ask him for what you want him to do. You know, with no restrictions. Now we know God's a holy God. It has to be according to his word. You got to go into the word to even get faith to ask. You got me? But, but, anything see that the fact that he has a priesthood that's unlimited uh, before time no mother no father he just appears and starts ministering amen that's jesus amen that's why he could go into the synagogue and teach you know and and do all the things that he did you know that's given people that are are rebellious some funny ideas no, like they can go in anybody's church and do anything they want to. Amen. But you're not of his priesthood. You're not him. See, he had a different priesthood than the Levites did even. You know, uh, Melchizedek was a, Levi paid tithes to Melchizedek. So he honored him. The lesser is always blessed by the better. So he proved that, that he was, Melchizedek was a higher and a better priesthood. No beginning, no end. Eternal. Who is that? He just shows up and starts ministering. See, that's, that's what Jesus did. And so he was able to stand and read, um, you know, from the prophets and then say, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. They're talking about me. You know what I'm saying? And most of us wouldn't have the nerve to do. A lot of things Jesus did, we look at it and we say, boy, would I like to, I got some people in the church I really want to tell off and all that kind of stuff. Well, you can't do that because you're not, you're not who he is. He was. You're different. You know, we're our, our, our uh, believers. We have that ministry, that priesthood ministry. We're under him. Amen. So we're not, not above him. So anyway, so, so this is, is, this is the purpose of the blood testifying because that oath locks God in where he can't lie. And so when we start to waver, the blood will begin to call out to us and remind us, Oh, you can't quit. You ever have that feeling in you about something that you, you get real weak on or you, you know, in, in something, somehow there's a voice tells you, you, you don't have permission to quit. Amen. Why? Cause you're not holding this thing up. God's holding it up for you with an oath and a promise. God is not lying to you. This thing is really going to happen. If you don't get crazy and just walk off from it. Amen. The Bible says you will reap in due season if you what? Don't faint or don't lose heart. Amen. So get your heart back in it. Amen. That's what that's for is to get you back in the race. Uh, help you to quit 
wavering so much and feeling weak, like you can't do it anymore, whatever you think you're doing, which ain't much, most of us, you know what I'm saying, just sitting reading the word and hoping we believe it. (laughs) So there's not much there, folks, for us to do, except hold on to what God tells us. Amen. Amen. So, um, so whenever we're accused and symptoms are accusations, we said that, right? Symptoms are an abomination and a false witness. The true witness then comes in to tell us what the blood of Jesus did. And so when, when we are accused, we have to enter a plea. Amen. You cannot just ignore disease. And pretend when see when people say, are you in denial? That's because you have not entered a plea. You have to. Somebody sends you a subpoena to your house and you try to pretend like it didn't come. Then popos will come and get you where you least suspect it. Amen. They might even watch your house for a minute and say, I don't want no trouble. We're going to see what she looked like or what he looked like. Well, he pretty big. I want no trouble out of him. I'm going to have to wait until it's dark out here. (laughs) See if I can get him between the house and the car. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh, because you don't answer. And see, we always want to answer and clear ourselves like we didn't do anything. You know, and, and you got people wrapped up in that, that self, uh, what, what would I call this? Your self acquittal, trying to clear yourself on your own merits. Amen. You know, you look at all these people on the, uh, the health food crazes. They're running from sickness. Don't, don't believe one minute that they're not. They're scared of everything that they see out there. I'll run to the word and stoke up on the word, make sure you got a lot of word in you regarding your health, you know, and and walking in divine health, because that's a privilege that we have. Amen. With God. But you don't you don't take natural remedies for a spiritual problem. See, sickness is spiritual. Why? Because the blood is taking care of it already. See, it's over in the spiritual. It's not physical anymore. It's over in the spiritual category because it's a result of a spiritual thing called sin. Amen. Transgressing the law. That's a spiritual occurrence. And so we have to get over in the spiritual category in order to defeat these things. You know, don't think that that cancer is scared of that lettuce you eat or or that kale drink you be drinking every day. Cancer ain't scared of that stuff. Eat that stuff for breakfast. You gotta get something spiritual going on. Amen. And that you just plead the blood. Just say, Lord, I plead your precious blood over my body for, for the healing of my body. I don't have another pleading. I'm not trying to say I eat right. I do this right. I don't do nothing right, right about now. Cause I don't know how this thing grabbed me, but I know one thing. If I plead your blood, that will take care of it. Amen. And keep standing on what you said. Amen. Your, the blood is your answer will testify for you before the throne of heaven. Amen. Where the devil accuses us day and night. 
They say, look at her. She got cancer. You know, she got that lung cancer because she smokes so much. And I'm just going to keep reminding her every day that she's responsible for that cancer. You understand what I'm saying? That's how that goes. And see, that false witness is an abomination because Jesus took that off you. He took your bad cigarette habit, consequences of your raw raw living, rough living, your good living. Some people think they live good and they can escape everything. Yeah, that'll send you to hell too. Amen. You just have to rely on what God has done. And when you plead the blood, that means you are depending on what Jesus did alone, not anything else. So we, when we seek God's remedy, we must go by way of the blood. Amen. And have faith in what the blood has accomplished. You will not win arguing with a liar and considering a false witness. So don't even think about what's going on in your body. Nope, I'll consider him. Amen. Don't consider what's what's going going on in the dark side. Consider him. Amen. Everlasting mercy uh, abides and hovers over the mercy seat in heaven where your prayers are ministered over, where your confession is ministered over. Amen. Everlasting mercy. That means it's a mercy that was there before you even were born, sinned, showed up, got sick, whatever. That mercy was there already. See, that helps me. Because that means that God don't have to look at my case and examine what I did and then decide if he's going to be merciful to me. That mercy was sitting there. Oh, God, I see that. That mercy was there before I even did anything. So my doing wrong won't cancel it. I get it anyway. Huh? Listen, when you need God, you be using every tool you can find. You understand me? Everlasting. Ah, that means it was there before I did anything. It was there before Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Mercy was there. Everlasting mercy. Amen. So mercy from the beginning means it was, it, it cannot be canceled by what happened after that. It's just there to help you. We can obtain that and find grace to help us in our time of need. So you will only win in the court of heaven with a plea of, of the truth. And that is what the blood has done for you. It paid for that. Pay for everything. Amen. So and it will set you free from symptoms and condemnation, which can hinder your faith. See, the devil wants you to step away from your faith position. He wants to bombard your mind so heavily with this is wrong and that's wrong. Why'd you do this? And why'd you that? Look at you, what you're doing over there. You ain't been in your word for three days. Now, because I've been stupid listening to you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm stopping right now. Amen. I'm going to correct that right now, devil. And open it up and read it aloud. Because you need to hear it yourself. You need to hear it in your own ears continually. Amen. Just read it out loud and say, devil, if you can stand all this. Amen. Help yourself. You must release your judgment 
over yourself, your defenses, and trust solely in your advocate and in the blood. Amen. And have faith in God. Jesus is your advocate and your counselor. He will tell you what scriptures you need. He will tell you, give you a plan. He, that's his job to give that to you. Amen. I know a lot of times we don't want to hear anything. We hide from him more than he, he's not hiding from us. He'll help us in a minute. But we run it here, there, and everywhere trying to get a few formulas together. See if that'll impress him. Amen. He counsels us with his word. Amen. So he will lead us and guide us to the promises. Amen. To the promised land. Didn't God hover over Israel every day? Leading them and, and expecting them to get to where he wanted them to go. Well, well, Jesus is that, he was that rock that followed them. That provided water all the time. The Father was the cloud that covered them and provided shelter and rain when they needed it. And, and shelter at night it was a fire by night. They had a, a, a fireplace up in the sky to keep them warm. Amen. So God was ever with them. Ever with them. Just like, and that was a shadow of the way we have it with him now. He's ever with us. He, he never leave us. Never forsake us. Won't leave us high and dry. Amen. So when, when the blood speaks, it's a righteous voice. There's no error there. There's no, nothing wrong. It's, that's why it's, it's a final voice. Amen. Righteousness always has the final word. So any, any righteousness speaking, truth speaking, can't lie, impossible to lie, that word will stay there. Amen. That word will continue to speak. See, that's why it's good to, to plead the blood on behalf of people who are, are rebellious and, and, um, not doing what, what they're supposed to do. Because once that, that the blood starts to speak to them and tells them in a voice that they can't wiggle out of, I remember, uh, was, I think it was Brother Hagen gave the, te- the testimony. He said there was a man that came, uh, he was preaching for somebody else, and there was a gentleman that wanted, that spoke to the, the pastor, and the pastor went to Brother Hagen. He was always on a time crunch, you know, he's had to, you know, tutor his kids in school and, you know, get his lunch all in one hour, so he knew he didn't have much time. He said, Brother Hagen, I hate to bother you, but, I, I've been trying to help this man. I, I'm just, for some reason, it's just not, he said, I keep trying to minister to him to get him saved. He said, and he's an elderly man now. He says he's up in his, his seventies or so. And, and, uh, he keeps saying he's an atheist and he keeps saying that, uh, some kind of rigmarole he had fixed up. And he said, he said, I hate to bother, but you, could you, I just believe you can help him. He said, would you please talk to him? So Brother Hagen talked to him. The little man was just nutty. He said, uh, he said, you're going to have to convince me, uh, that, uh, um, what did he say? Uh, God created the world and God is who he says he is. And, and Brother Hagen said, now I'm not supposed to convince you nothing. I'm just to preach to you until you got to decide to, to trust God and believe him. And so this went on a couple, couple times a little man got mad at him stuck his tongue out of him he said and ran off and 
and laughed and he said, but when he went back again, that little man was back again. And, and so he said, uh, Brother Hagin said, you know, he said, most people just ignore him. He said, but the Lord told me just to, to speak to him. And, and, uh, Brother Hagin gave him a scripture. I can't remember what the scripture is, but he said, he said, Lord, if you could just have that scripture, follow him. He said, when he gets up in the morning, let him hear it. When he goes to bed and not let him hear it all day long. And he said, and so the man came back later and he said, I don't know what happened, but you gave me that scripture and what you said, that stuck with me. I couldn't get away from that. He said, but I see right now it's my responsibility to believe. He said, I'm ready to get saved. But see, that's the power of the blood. It's the definitive voice. The one that hems that word in where it can't be uh, contested. His mind, your mind can't fight it after a while. Amen. And, and it happens with all of us when we get saved. And, you know, you might wrestle around with, well, I'm doing good. I don't need, I don't, uh, them Christians, they funny acting people. I don't want to be like them. And then one day you're weeping and crying and asking God, lifting your hands and asking God to forgive you. All that kind of stuff. Well, the blood convinced. That's strong consolation. See, it's an oath and a promise got you hemmed in and got your little mind hemmed in where your little mind couldn't wiggle out and give another excuse and and go off and believe what it wants to believe anymore. That blood is the definitive witness for what anything, anything of God's word holds for us. Amen. And, and it's necessary. You know, you can say, well, God could have just given his word. Are you God? He knows what he's doing. He gave his word and people don't believe it. Like Jesus said, we sent you to prophets and you kill them. Amen. Somebody else will come and, and you want to kill me too. You got me? And so <clears> that <throat> blood speaks better things. It speaks better because it has a better voice. Amen. Uh, in Hebrews twelve twenty four, since I'm in Hebrews, we'll go over there and see if we can get anything additional. Hebrews twelve. Yeah, it talks about the difference between the old covenant and new covenant, of course, it, but it it also talks about the the inheritance that we have because of of how we're positioned and he says in verse 17 if for you know that afterward when you would have inherited a blessing he was rejected talking about esau for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears so we know that esau did not get his inheritance his brother jacob got it and jacob then is one of the patriarchs forerunner of jesus christ for you are not come unto the mount that might be not that might be touched and that burned with fire so you're not there under the old covenant anymore that you're not worshiping on that mountain and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore so you 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 are not an old covenant person the the old covenant was weak because there was no blood uh, the blood of jesus enforcing it so that people had to believe it you understand what i'm saying and he said that voice that 
it spoke and and then they would shut it off. They would say, oh, Moses, you go up and talk to God. We can't stand to hear his voice anymore. So they would hide away from the voice of God, even though that was God talking to them. They would hide from his voice. He says, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I, I'm even scared of it. I exceedingly fear and quake. But, but you haven't come to that mountain that made you scared of God. Your worship at a different mountain. Amen. He said, and this is the one that, that we're at now in the new covenant. And he says, you have come unto Mount Zion. That is the, the, the place of worship, uh, that God into a city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So we have a city in heaven that we belong to and that we, we are citizens of and to an innumerable company of angels. And to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. So this is the firstborn of, of, uh, from the dead, actually. So we're the resurrected people, which are written in heaven. So where's a record of us that we belong to this company and to God, the judge of all and the spirits of just men made perfect and to Jesus, the meteor. So you have all these witnesses speaking for you and ministering for you and of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So where Abel's blood spoke vengeance, condemnation, it made his brother run in terror from God. Amen. It, it, this, it, the blood of Jesus speaks better things. Amen. And he says, and see that you don't refuse him that speaks. Amen. And, and don't turn away from God's voice because God is the definitive voice because of the blood and it speaks better things. Everything we have is better. The Bible says we have a better covenant based on better promises. Well, they got healed under the old covenant. That was a healing. There was a healing gift in that covenant as well. Obedience to God and and obeying those those laws of sacrifice and, and sin ordinance and so forth. So so we have a better covenant. The blood is a witness because it's alive. It speaks truth. First John five eight. Did we did we go over that one already? Oh okay. Well, I sure meant to. First John five eight. Oh yeah, three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the blood, and water. Amen. And so that blood is a true witness because it's under oath. Amen. It's under the oath of God. The blood speaks and it gives testimony. It it tells all the details that are needed for what is needed at the time. Even to DNA. Even to blood typing, even to putting together the scenario of the scene of the crime. It tells everything. The blood records everything. It tells everything. And so if you follow the blood, you'll get the answer. Amen. You'll definitely get the answer. And so, um, uh, when, when Israel left Egypt, they pled the blood. Somebody might want to know how could one man, Moses, and um, 
Well, his brother Aaron at the time wasn't really the priesthood and hadn't even been established yet. Aaron was his interpreter. Amen. And so it was just the two of them struggling to to obey God as best they could. How could they lead what most people think was about anywhere from three to five million people through a desert place across a, a sea that parted and do all of those things? Now you gotta admit, you got that many people, and you gotta take care of them, you gotta have something stronger than you. Amen. To, to convince those people not to break rank, not to, you know, especially going through the, the most difficult part, the first part was the most difficult part they faced, and that was crossing the Red Sea. Amen. But they pled the blood. The blood is what made the definitive difference in those people's success or their failure. Amen. Uh, so in Exodus chapter 12, you want to turn there. And how did they plead the blood? They showed it to God. It was a substitute blood. It was a, a shadow of the blood of Jesus. But God honored it. It was God what God required at the time. And so he says here in Exodus 12, um, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry, Exodus 12. I'm back in Genesis. I'm looking at Abraham and I'm thinking, where did he come from? <laughs> okay. In verse 21 in Exodus 12, Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Take you out a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And it, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until morning. Amen. And, and for the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood upon the lentils and the two side posts, why not the floor? Right. And God's the only one who could walk through the blood. See, yeah, when he, yeah, so that, that is, uh, ascending, uh, uh, operation is when you step in it. Amen. And so they just needed to show God the blood. They just needed, it was a symbol to be obedient. It was not a covenant ritual that they were going through. He said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. So he just needed to be seen. When you pass through or walk through the blood, that is a covenant that you're striking at that time different operation okay so and he says i will pass through and kill the egyptians and when he sees the blood upon the lintels to side posts the lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to kill you and you shall observe this thing for an ordinance uh, to you and your sons forever. That is the Passover. Amen. And it shall come to pass when you will come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he has promised. You shall keep this service. 
And it will come to pass when your children shall say unto you, what do you mean by this? Then you will say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt. And when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed the head and worshiped. And the children of Israel went away and did as Moses commanded Moses and Aaron. They did also. And so, you know, the story they they they. God killed the firstborn in every household, but where the blood was, they got passed over. Amen. And God had them eat that meal that night. Amen. Under his instruction to sustain them to go uh, the distance that they had to go. So in pleading the blood, they got the death angel to pass over and spare them, but also in taking in the sustenance that of that animal that was killed, they were able to fortify themselves for the journey. But the blood itself was what kept them in the mindset to obey God. See, it, it refused to let them think anything other than what they needed to obey. Amen. And then that protection lifted somehow when they got over into the wilderness. You got me? But it was for a period of time. Amen. And and so it was really to protect them against the death angel, but also to carry out all the instruction that God had given as they were under the power of that blood. Got me. So when Moses told them, we're going to go, we're going to leave here and God's going to kill the Egyptians and all of that, that that instruction and that expectation was what they expected because of that blood that was shed amen and so from then on it was it lifted you see when they got in the wilderness it be that certainty of mind began to lift off of them and they began to look around and see well we don't have any water why'd you bring us here you got me well, two days ago, you were all gung-ho about getting here. You know, all of a sudden this changed, you see. And so, so that blood had, had a particular power for a particular reason for a particular season. But the blood of Jesus is powerful from everlasting to everlasting. See, its effects don't wear off. Amen. So if there's anything wrong and you're thinking and you're behaving, you can't blame it on Jesus. Amen. Because he paid the price for us to be able to obey God perfectly. Amen. We make mistakes. Everybody falls off the rails, but the blood convinces you to get back up on the horse and let's let's ride again. Amen. It's not over yet. Amen. Psalm 105.37 sums up. What happened to them in that interaction? Amen. It says when it talks about Psalm 105. It says that he brought them out also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. So they got a healing out of that, uh, that, that, uh, blood atonement that was that blood that that they applied that allowed them to god the death angel to pass over not only that but they came out with all of the wealth of egypt because god told them ahead of time to go to their neighbors and ask them for it and the neighbors gave it to them 
Amen. God had built up such a reputation about himself and it fell on his people. Amen. That's what happens with us. See, we don't have, we are of no reputation, but God's reputation falls on us when we obey him. Amen. And so, and there was not one feeble person. They walked in divine health. They were wealthy. They had everything that they needed. Amen. And Egypt was glad when they left. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Even though they didn't know what was going to befall them when they left, but they were glad to get rid of these people because they felt like if we get rid of these people, then we can have things like we used to have it all the time. Amen. Which that's not true either. So, but anyway, they believed it. And so they were willing to give them whatever they asked for. Why? God told them to. Amen. God told them to. He'll tell people to do things for you too. Amen. And totally convince them that, that they are doing the right thing when they do it. So we never have to beg for anything. We never have to steal anything or deceive anybody. God will provide for us. So they obeyed this Passover by faith. Amen. That that shed blood gave them faith to believe God for the journey. And the confidence of the, the to for the journey came to obey the command of Moses because the blood had paid for that that strong consolation that they needed to get through that. Amen. Moses was able to keep them in obedience because of the shed blood. And they depended totally on God through this thing. Amen. Uh, this, this faith that they walked in was a product of that atonement that was made for them. It, it wasn't able to make the change that we have made in us, but it made enough of a change to get them through that task that they had to do and then get them over to the other side. Amen. We know that, that Sin and sickness came upon them again when they were bitten uh, by snakes while they were in the wilderness. Uh, they, things would break out where they would disobey and, and eventually that penalty would come upon them. But God always had a remedy for them. Amen. They were able to look at the serpent, the brazen serpent, and whoever looked at it was was cured of that snake bite, that poisoning. And so God's mercy always hovers over that. But the blood is really what gives us strong consolation. That that voice don't ever think that that that's you just know all about it. But and I'm speaking from my experience because I began to to get curious and to ask God certain things, and God began to show me some things about the blood. Where you know when you you hear people say, "I plead the blood," you know that's good, but they need to know what they're what they're saying and and what they're talking about, because that's why sometimes people will do it, and sometimes they don't, because they don't really understand the power there, the authority there, and the convincing power of that voice. That, that witnesses to us and speaks better things. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you're doing in our midst today and every day, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. We just thank you for blessing us, keeping us, helping us, allowing us to be the people that you called us to be every day, every single day. We have what we need from you. We just believe and seek you for it and thank you for it. 
And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you. And uh, then I'll pray for the people on the Internet.